This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's going on, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another edition of Jay Bird Watching. Tonight, I will be your host. My name is Adam Corsair, joined by my fellow co-hosts, of course, as always, Mr. Craig Borden and Mr. Brendan Penicar. What's up, guys? Doing good, buddy. How are you doing? I'm excited. I'm excited as a shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Starting to feel a, a little feeling. 2015, boys. Let's <laughs> go. Oh. Oh. <laughs> a little bit of postseason baseball in the mix here, uh, even though we have about a month away. But, uh, you know, we, there's a whole lot to break down. There's a whole lot of postseason talk to break down. There's a whole lot of trade deadline talk to break down. Um, but it should be noted, first of all, that we are recording this Friday evening, 828. That is August the 28th. Uh, for those that are listening on the podcast uh Edition, I guess you could say, on this show and not the live stream. Uh, there's currently live Blue Jays baseball going on right now with the Jays hosting the Orioles, their nemesis for this year, as it seems. Uh, that being said, the Jays are pretty much sitting pretty right now in the eighth spot of the American League with a record of 15 and 14. If I'm not mistaken, they haven't been below 500 since August the 19th. So they're they're in pretty good shape when it comes to that. Things are looking good when it comes to the team itself, but uh, I should note to start the show, the state of sports in general is in an, uh, a pretty much an unfortunate yet familiar space. So I kind of want to start with this. We can spend as much time as you guys want when it comes to this, but I think it's worth mentioning. Um, we've touched on this before. And history has a terrible way of repeating itself, and uh, this time to a much larger degree. With racism still being prevalent in our society, unfortunately, the sports world is taking action with players and teams boycotting, pretty much, or protesting their respective games, the Jays notwithstanding. Uh, on Thursday evening, the Jays and the Red Sox game was pretty much boycotted to raise awareness for racial injustice, specifically uh, spawned on the acts committed to Mr. Jacob Blake, who was shot seven times in the back by by a policeman. Uh, Brendan, let's start with you. How do you think the team responded to this? I know the Red Sox sort of took the ball initially and the Blue Jays followed. Um, what are your thoughts? And it also should be noted that today is MLB's celebration of Jackie Robinson Day. It's usually held in April, but today, uh, given the shortened season, this is when they're celebrating it. That was a word salad for me. You can take it over, man. <laughs> No, a very good way to start it off, Adam. It's a discussion that everybody should have, especially the three of us who are Caucasian males uh, over the age of 28. Uh, it's time to get uncomfortable and have these kind of discussions. It really is. And, you know, when we recorded after George Floyd, there wasn't any sports going on to be able to see how the sports community reacted. But we did see especially NBA players going out and about in their cities to protest. Um in terms of how the Blue Jays handled their reaction, you know, I saw a lot of people last night who were upset that they voted to play uh, and would have played if the Red Sox decided to. But it's, it's 
at the same time, it's not our place to determine how somebody protests and decides how to go about it. So they, at the, at the end of the day, they were respectful of the Red Sox decision. It's like, if you don't want to play, we're fine with that. If he wants to play, we'll play. And I, I give props to all these sports teams that are not playing and, and nobody is forcing anybody to play by saying, well, if you don't, we really want to, that's a loss for you as a forfeit. If you don't want to play, but I haven't seen that. It doesn't sound like that has happened behind the scenes. And I think for what they can do and, and, and just the way they've shown it and, everything i think it's the best that they can do at this point unless you were just to shut the sports world down because there was i thought for sure that the nba was not going to play after their first two days of not playing i didn't think they were coming back and i wouldn't have been surprised if baseball had maybe a weekend off or two but hey it's not our place to tell people how to protest you can protest how you want uh and i support however you wish to protest so i'm an ally in this and i think that both of you are as well what about you, Craig? Obviously, it sucks that we didn't have baseball or any sports or anything in the last couple of days because of this. But it is a bold statement, I think, that everybody joins in on this protest and does what they do in the sports world, period. It says a lot. And it shows the fact that not only are, you know, they unified in the dugouts, the clubhouses, everything like they should be. Teams, I think, have always had... Well, other than obviously maybe pre-Jackie Robinson kind of stuff, have always, I think, sports, at least from my experience, in dugouts and stuff, I've never had this point where you hear a lot of these conversations come up. And a lot of that is the full-on team aspect of things. If that translates off of the field into real life, I think that is where this conversation needs to go. And without doing something bold like everything is going on right now with these protests, we don't get to have this conversation. And it will just be the status quo as it always been, and nothing will come of it. So until something big happens, like these protests and all the unfortunate things that have happened in recent, you know, and just history in general, it's just not going to change. So we need to do these kind of things. And I stand by these players and everybody 110%. And this is got to stop, period. There's no other way of saying it. Yeah, 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 agreed. And, you know, I see a lot of chatter on Twitter about how, and I mentioned this on, on the Raptors podcast, but, you know, it's worth mentioning here because it is a universal issue, obviously. Um, I, I've mentioned that people are so inclined to think, oh, what is this going to do? What is sitting this game going to do? As if this act is the thing that's going to fix everything, or if the players think that. That's not how this works. And I don't think players think this anyway. What it does is it sends a message. right? Last night, there's no baseball. There's no hockey. There's no basketball. What, do you, what are sports broadcasting teams doing? They're talking about the issue. right? If there were games, they're not talking about the issue. Right. So now that brings it to the forefront on sports broadcasting stations where you otherwise wouldn't have had these conversations. And it sort of puts it out in the forefront. Right. It sort of makes you be inclined to investigate these a little bit more and hopefully lead to more action. Right. Hopefully it leads to something that can be a nice little cause for change. By the way, Vladi Guerrero just hit a home run. Um, you know, it, it just it baffles me that people think that nothing good can come of this because look at the NBA right now. They. For lack of a better way to put it, they put their owners in, in a corner, the owners of the team in the corner, for, for good reasons. And they said, you need to make these changes. You can't just print Black Lives Matter on the court and have these shirts and think it's enough. No, you have to do something. And what are they doing? Every single NBA arena is now a polling place this year. Every single place. And that's a huge statement, 
right? And so Huge. to say that these acts don't lead to change, they are, right? And I don't know if baseball is going to go the same way. I hope it does. I hope there's something similar. By the way, back-to-back home runs. Um, I hope it's something similar. Um, yeah. But maybe I guess the baseball gods are are liking our conversation right now. Yeah, um, absolutely. I hope it's something similar, but I take my hats off and I stand with these players unapologetically. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's no other way to say it. I think all three of you or all three of us and the two of you summed everything up perfectly. And, you know, people who reply on Twitter or Facebook posts or wherever it is saying, well, what good will this do? I'm not so sure that's exactly a negative thing for somebody to react that way because it invites a conversation for somebody to come and reply and be like, well, this yeah. is bad. It's if they keep on replying and say, well, it's not going to do any good. Uh, where I'll start to question what side you're really on or if you're really trying to listen or pay attention or learn. Uh, I think it's a learning opportunity uh, for people who were upset that there were no sports to watch last night. There was no Blue Jays game to watch. Um, and I just hope that this was the start of more uh, change uh, and we'll have more uncomfortable conversations because it was a very big talking point on social last night. And honestly, it shouldn't go away. I know George Floyd, all the protests happened. And once sports started back up, it kind of fell a little bit to the wayside, but it's still the most important issue in our society. Sports, in the best quote that I saw, I can't remember who said it, but Sports are the reward for a functioning society. Yes. And yes. right now, Canada too and America in their own very different but similar ways, uh, I wouldn't say are a functioning society, 100%. I know that the big issue in America is the treatment of African-Americans and a big issue in Canada is the treatment of indigenous people. And that has been an uh, issue in Canada forever. And it's probably on the same, if not worse level than the treatment of African-Americans. And none of those discussions should go away. It needs to happen. And I hope that this just starts consistent discussions and it there doesn't go. go away when, when playoffs come back or the NFL starts in less than two weeks now. And that shouldn't make everything go away. The NFL should heighten that discussion. And I hope they do. Especially with the uh, everything with the NFL brings to it is the most popular sport, at least in yeah. the last period. It brings a different level of echelon to it right so but i agree with you on everything as far as there this has got to stop there's no way of saying it better and we can all do better period yeah yeah um to wrap a bow on that and i don't want to be dismissive of it it's just it, it breaks my heart that we have to talk about this uh as much as we do and we shouldn't have yeah. to talk about it but at the same time i don't want to avoid it because then, then it looks like we're actively avoiding something that we should be participating in. And I do think we should be participating in it, and I'm glad we are. Um, this podcast is now immune to these sort of discussions. It affects the sports world. It affects our lives. It, express, it affects our society, so it needs to be discussed. Um, but it should be noted that this game that was boycotted last night on Thursday will be made up next Friday in Boston. It will be a doubleheader. So uh, the Blue Jays will still get that game. And if uh, that is something that you were concerned with me, I didn't really think about it. I didn't really care, but I did think it was worth noting because I did hear it on the broadcast. But um, all right, let's, let's lost without anything to do last night because I got right. watching baseball. And it's like, OK, guess what? Like you guys said, I thought about all this stuff and thought of how I can personally better myself. Let yes, exactly. Yes. What can I bring to the table? And I will find a way. Yes. <laughs> I agree. And I, and I think that that goes for all of us too, right? We're not, 
look, I have my faults. We all have our own faults. I'm the dumbest guy in this chat right here. So what do I know? But <laughs> when it comes to uh, when it comes to these issues, this is something that my wife and I have been paying particularly close to. This is something that we are trying to be as active as possible, as best as we can. And that is the difficulty of this, because how do we do it properly, right? How do we do it effectively? How do we go about approaching this issue to make an impact? And I'm not talking a grand impact, like an MLK impact. I don't have that sort of impact. I don't have that sort of, uh, I don't know, influence on people, maybe, I don't know. But what I'm saying is, what can I do with my small little voice to, to make an impact? That's, that's what's important. If very small voices do this simultaneously, it will become a wave, and that is that is the point. So, um, good on you guys. I'm, I'm glad we were able to talk about it. Uh, but but let's talk some Blue Jays. Um, trade deadline. Trade deadline's coming, and like we just said at the top of the show, we are very excited to talk possibly Blue Jays baseball, and it's looking more and more likely as every game goes on. Now, the Blue Jays have made two trades already, both to the Mariners. Uh, less notably, they have acquired Dan Vogelback for the Mariners in exchange for cash considerations. Uh, he's had pretty much an off year, and it's kind of redundant when you think of the Rowdy Tellez position there. It's, they're almost sort of the same player, except Rowdy is raking right now. Um, if it's a power bat off the bench, I'm cool with it. But more importantly and more recently, they traded for Taiwan Walker in exchange for cash considerations or that player to be named later. This guy always gets <laughs> traded. It's crazy. Player to be named later. You can never stay on a roster. Um, this is a timely move. We've seen that the likes of Nate Pearson, Trent Thornton, Matt Shoemaker sidelined due to injuries. Uh, Thornton is said to be done for the year. Pearson, I think, just threw 60 today. Um, Shoemaker is sort of a coin flip. I'm not sure where he's at in terms of his long-term progress. Um, to be clear, Walker is a rental. He'll be a free agent next year, but you have to admire the aggressive nature of this front office to fill an area of need quickly. So, Craig, how do you feel about these moves? You can focus on one or the other or both. How do you feel about this? And this give you uh, a jolt of faith that the front office can maintain this aggression. Maintain the aggression? I don't know how they're going to top the Taiwan Walker deal. I really don't. <laughs> And guys, I don't know if you how much you know about how the trade deadline can actually work in this whole situation, but for the fans out there, there is only trades allowed right now for 60-man rosters. So it's whoever's mm -hmm. on your taxi squad, your main roster, and then your extended roster. Those are the only trade trades that are allowed to happen. So the loophole is the player to be named later. While I guess that the Blair has already been named, it's just not on, you know, done the Herbie Hancock, John Hancock deal on the actual paper. Yeah. It's just that player to be named later. I'm sure that the Mariners and the Blue Jays already have something. Because, guys, how do you trade Taiwan Walker without knowing anything you're getting in return? Right. Obviously, yeah. the Mar Mariners are not <laughs> going to be competing as much as anybody at this point. But uh, I didn't know that they're going to get somebody back in return that probably was an impact player. It's just somebody, the nice thing about this whole thing for the Blue Jays, we know it's not somebody on the 60-man roster. Then. So it's not yeah. Austin Martin. It's not anybody else we're hiding in the cupboard that's ready to go, you know. So I think that this is a push-everything-into-the-table thing, similar to how the Blue Jays started doing the 2015 trade deadline with David Price. It's not as crazy of a level as David Price, but the nice thing about that is that it's probably still just a one-player-to-be-named-later situation rather than a giant package that's going to have to go back to the Seattle Mariners in this, unless it's a bunch of low-end minor league guys. Mm. But either way, win now. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, right now, I mean, we, we can all speculate on the player that is going to the Mariners. And I put out yesterday, just because I like Tom Walker, um, when he first came up, huge prospect with, uh, with the Mariners originally. And then he was a part of the trade to the Diamondbacks. I can't remember who went the other way to Seattle in that deal. But Walker was a very, very big deal as a prospect. And he's had some very good years where his war on Fangraph uh, have been two and a half, uppers of three, uh, which is pretty good for a mid-rotation guy. Uh, I know in this rotation with Shoemaker out uh, and Pearson out, he'll probably be like the number two, the unofficial number two behind Hanjin Ryu. Uh, but Walker was getting stronger and stronger with each start with uh, the Mariners. They showed on the Sportsnet broadcast. The last three starts has gone into the seventh inning twice. And the Blue Jays haven't had a starter go into the seventh this year. But since last August, it's almost been a full calendar year that the Blue Jays have had a starter go into the seventh. And Taiwan Walker has done that twice in his last three starts. Trivia question, if any of you can get it. Name the last starter to go into the seventh for the Blue Jays. Trent Thornton? Nope. Come on, I was hedging my bets with him being the only guy hit 200 innings this year. <laughs> <I'm> almost. <laughs> Adam, Adam, you got a guess, and I'll reveal it. I'm trying to think. Uh, was it last season? It was. It was last season. In August. Oh, jeez. Okay. Um, <laughs> a little more fun. Was it, was it when <laughs> yeah. Waggis, Waggis Pack was starting? Was it Waggis Pack? Yep. It was? No. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was big and Waggis Pack. It was his crazy seven-inning game at Dodger Stadium where I know they didn't win and he didn't get the win, but he was lights out for seven innings against the Dodgers. So the fact that Walker's done that twice and has gotten better and better with each start, the rumor is that it's Will Robertson that's going to the Mariners, who's an outfield prospect who I believe was last down in rookie ball or in A-ball. Um, I honestly thought it would be a little bit more of a guy. Uh, I, I put out yesterday on Twitter, to some criticism, some not, I put out if it's a pitcher, I put Kendall Williams, and I know Kendall Williams is awesome, and, and we've had him on the show before. He's a great guy. But the Blue Jays have such an abundance of starting pitching depth all the way through. After the big leagues, when you go down from triple A to double A to single A to low A to wherever it is, the Blue Jays' pitching system is pretty damn stacked. So I think if it was a pitcher, I don't think I would have much of an issue of whoever it was because Tywin Walker is a pretty good pitcher. And then I can't remember who I said position-wise, but if it is Will Robertson, I chalked that up as a win. You can take him. You know, it's a Cal Stevenson type who could be good down the line, but we just don't know that yet. And yeah, yeah, no, he's now on he's now on Tampa, um, uh, Cal Stevenson. So yeah, it's a win. And Dan Vogelbach for cash. I know Vogelbach was an uh, was an All Star last year. It doesn't excite me, but he's a power bat off the bench. And with how bad the Blue Jays bench has been, anything is better than what they had. So I chalk up a win to both. Does this worry you for the state? We'll start with Vogelbach. Does that worry you for uh, the state in which Rowdy Telez's roster spot is secure? Because this is what gets me. All right, so the front office has said we are going to be aggressive, right? And that doesn't mean they're going to necessarily make a trade. That just means conversations and the pursuit of a trade will be more aggressive than previous years which I love. That's great. And it obviously it takes two to tango. So if they can't get it, uh, anything done, they can't. But if they, if, if some ball club that's out of it, I don't know, Kansas city, uh, to a lesser degree, Cleveland, uh, Seattle, we're pretty much running them dry anyway. 
Um, I don't know, Arizona. <laughs> there are, right now. Yeah, yeah, basically, <laughs> Arizona. There are teams out there that you could maybe consider, maybe even Boston, but I don't really like their rotation, but I digress. If you could move a Rowdy Telez to get a solid arm with control, is that what they're thinking with this? Do you think they're they're trying they they have Vogelbach not just for bench stability, but to dangle Telez out there as a trade chip to say, hey, if it can bo- boost our starting rotation, we got to make that trade because yes, he's he's been on fire and maybe this is an ultimate sell high. But when you think of the state with Travis Shaw with um, Vladdy Guerrero at first, and you can sort of mishmash these DH positions as Montoyo has. Is he that much of a mainstay on this roster? Craig, what do you think? As much as I'd love to keep getting rowdy, I really am wondering how much that, like you said, this is a safety net move. Yeah. You didn't give up anything. You get get a guy that was an all-star literally a year ago. Can absolutely mash. And honestly, this guy has the power that we saw from a lefty out of like Adam Lynn back in the Angry Bird. Yeah. Crazy power. He's probably gonna bet a buck two twenty while he's doing that. But <laughs> he has pop, and one thing you can't teach is that kind of power. And right now they got two guys in that position that really could, you know, solidify that. Or the other flip side, of this is not the mention that you mentioned Rowdy Telez being on fire, maybe the sell high candidate out of this whole thing, but maybe Travis Shaw. Yeah, a guy that is actually being dangled because they can't they have control on Roddy Celez and they're hoping to flip similar to any of the bullpen arms we've had over the last few years with Travis Shaw. You salvaged him. He's definitely playing a lot better than he played last season and probably the better part of the season before that that he was in Milwaukee. So there is a chance that maybe that is the whole thing. But you have a log jam all of a sudden for a position that was allegedly Vladimir Guerrero's position. That's, yeah, and you, that's really weird in this whole situation. I'm sure the uh, the AAA ballpark has helped Travis Shaw's trade value <laughs> quite a bit. But no, I was thinking the Don't same thing. It's no, I'm not. And it's it, these reclamation projects that the Blue Jays end up acquiring in the beginning of the season. It's not uncommon for them to flip. Look at Eric Sogard, right? It's it's not uncommon for them to make these kind of moves in order to add some stability. So. Um, I, I believe Travis Shaw has one more year on the contract. It wasn't just a one year, correct? Okay. So maybe yeah, a team. He actually has an option or something still. Or he's still okay. under contract on whatever the heck that regular deal is. Or he's, he's arbitration eligible after, okay. for after this season. Yeah. Okay. So maybe maybe that will entice the club to want a veteran presence on their team to sort of help the young hitters that they have. Sort of like what he's done for the Blue Jays thus far. Um, but I don't know, Brennan, what do you think? Do you think th- we've, we flirted with this, right? We flirted with it. I remember in the beginning of the season vividly, we were like, it's either Teoscar or Rowdy and both of them are hot. So it's kind of like, what do you do? That. Yeah. this hope. <laughs> but do you think this, the, the trading of Vogelbach is a sign that Rowdy might be a trade chip? I do. I absolutely do. And that's, I think the first thing I traded or I tweeted, not traded, uh, when I, <laughs> When I woke up uh, the morning when Vogelbach was acquired, um, the deal happened late at night. But when I woke up, I instantly tweeted, I feel like Rowdy Tillez's spot in this roster is on thin ice uh, or could quickly be coming to an end. Uh, I don't remember uh, the situation uh, with Rowdy's contract, if he still has, or his status, if he still has any options. I think he may have a few. Uh, <laughs> even if he does, uh, I do think that he's a trade chip. And it might come down to Travis Shaw or Rowdy Tillez the thing that interested me the most, guys, is 
after Vogelbach was acquired, it was either a day or two before, maybe it was the same day, Vlad was taking grounders at third, uh, and Montoya was saying that. And they sent down Brandon Drury today, so they're a little light on third baseman uh, behind Travis Shaw right now. Um, so that could open up Vlad playing third, if need be, uh, to keep Rowdy and Vogelbach if um, Shaw or Rowdy are not dealt. Um, but I do. I do think that he's a trade candidate, and I don't want to uh, uh, spoil uh, a future topic that we have for this episode. <laughs> but uh, uh, but I, 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 do, I do think that Rowdy, his time could be near an end, and it's a good thing that they're playing in Buffalo because Rowdy's been the Blue Jays' best hitter since they've been at Salem Field. He's been mashing in that ballpark for two years now. Oh, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I think the thing that's more surprising to me out of that whole situation there, they optioned Brandon Drury, and we still have Joe Panic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was just shocked, you guys. Is he even batting above 100? I think he's got two hits on the season. I know he hasn't been playing a lot, but you're talking about guys that can play third base still. And yes, Joe Panic can play there, but do I want him to play there? No. <laughs> <laughs> I would, if it came down to it, I'd rather have Santiago Espinal play over at third base right now versus Joe Panic. For sure which probably is more likely than Vladdy going over there right now. That's what I'm but thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Would have I this I with how much this front office loves Brandon Drury's is the only thing that we quote unquote got for Jay Happ. I'm just shocked to see him bust off. But it's probably because of the option, the one lonely option he had left on his yeah. I mean, they love that, right? That, that's what they, <laughs> they chase for that control. Um, no, I, I agree. I, yeah, I do think that Espinal is, uh, you know, when you reflect on the moves that the, the front office has made, when they first happened, we were so, and I'm, I can't speak for you guys, but I'm guilty of it. I'm so, I was so inclined to say, oh man, like, what is, wh- who are these people? Like, who is Simeon Woods Richardson? Who is, who is uh, Thomas Pinot? Oh, he's from Rhode Island. Well, he's gone. Um, you know, like who, who is Anthony K, right? Who, who are the, who's May, uh, Merriweather? Who are these guys? Who's Espinal, right? Socrates Brito, he's gone too, but still like oh, the, these God. players that they, yeah, they, these players that they've acquired through trade have worked out, right? They've worked out for the most part. And the only two that I can really think of that haven't, or maybe three, if you want to throw Anthony K on, I mean, not Anthony K, um, Derek Fisher on there, who is sort of still a question mark, um, the only two that I can really think of off the top of my head is Thomas Pannone, who was sort of decent when he first came and joined the team. Oh. He, yeah, he's gone now. He's DFA'd. Um, and uh, Socrates Brito. Other than that, I can't think of a bad move that they've made, the, a, a move that has made them objectively worse. I don't know if any, anything comes off the top of your you guys' dome, but I, I have no idea. You could say Brandon Drury, I think, but you still got a major league replacement level guy. You yeah. Really- right on that zero line the whole time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It didn't help but, you, it didn't hurt you. <laughs> exactly. So he wasn't a liability, and honestly, I think a lot of that's because of his defensive flexibility, not so much his quote-unquote skills with a bat, like they keep saying. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my God. But no, and honestly, I as far as the who, this, that, and all that, even me being the minor league guy, I have no clue most of these guys when they came through, because a lot of these guys that they've acquired – are not in the International League or the Eastern League or the Midwest League where the Blue Jays actually play. So this just shows you how crazy our scouting department is and how well they've been doing 
feeding good information to Atkins and Shapiro to be able to make these moves and them trusting them pretty implicitly. You're telling me that Santiago Espinal for Steve Pierce? Right. Pick that. Yeah. Espinal looks like he could easily be a salvageable starting for or a shortstop for somebody. Yes, and he's going to sure. be a guy that is just going to rake in a utility role playing route anywhere from 80 to 100 games with us just because somebody is going to need a break. And if he can play second, short, and third, guys, I'm strangely okay with that because I think he's been crushing it. And he has looked surprisingly well in the batter's box, and I couldn't say more good things about him. And I, the only reason I knew he might work out initially – Jesse Goldberg Strassler did an interview with the uh, Boston Red Sox's minor league um, teams announcer on his podcast around the nest. And the guy could, had nothing but good things to say to Jesse about Santiago Espinal, how he's a class act and he just can constantly rake. And then the power was starting to develop at that level. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, yeah, we're saying he has gap to gap doubles power. We have seen nothing but crazy singles and lots of running so far. So I'm hoping that some of that stuff, as he gets his feet more and more wet in the major league level, that some of that will start to translate as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, you you look at the trades like the most notable ones. Like I remember the uh, the Teoscar Hernandez trade, right? And yeah. let's not forget we traded Drew Hudson for Liriano, and then we traded Liriano for. Teoscar Hernandez, right? Is that how it went? Yeah, right. his so, first major league home run off of Liriano. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's still crazy. And he's <laughs> he's raking right now. He's doing very well for this team, right? And you can say anything you want about Greychuk, whatever. The extension maybe is questionable. Um, but still, when you think about the positional players, he's, the, he's getting paid the most out of any positional player. Right, so that adds a lot of flexibility for as bad as that contract is. We as Blue Jays fans, it's all in a vacuum in relative to the rest of the team. It's a pretty bad contract, but whatever, I'll take it because he's mashing right now. Um, I don't know. I, I just look at the moves that they make, and it makes me want to trust this front office more and more and really reconsider the notions that I had on them previously because of the Anthopolis effect, right? Because we are coming off that recency bias. And uh, Brendan, you mentioned it today. Like maybe we should do a reevaluation of this front office and kind of walk back and say, look, guys, they're actually really good. <laughs> they're actually yeah. a really sound front office. Although we know I think that pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think we should uh, because look, there's been some questionable moves. There's still some where the jury's still out, like the Derek Fisher and Aaron Sanchez trade, but Aaron Sanchez isn't on a damn team right now. Right. Uh, I know I know that there's some injury circumstances with that, but look, I think when it comes to baseball, baseball is such a unique sport when you're making trades because you don't trade draft picks. And because the minor league systems are so big, you, it, when you've got trades in basketball and hockey and football, you're trading draft picks, you're trading major league guys or guys who are already in the NBA and you may have heard from before in the NHL, whereas the MLB you have like five or six different levels of players that you can trade. So there's a very good chance you haven't heard of these prospects. I mean, when the Mets trade was made with Marcus Stroman, I knew the Mets system was pretty depleted. So when I saw it was the Mets, I'm like, how do they have anybody to make this trade worthwhile? Right. And we, we stole Anthony Kay and Simeon with Richardson, as far as I'm concerned. And I think baseball, it does take time for trades to work out. And look, we're seeing that right now with the Josh Donaldson trade. Like yes. Julian Merriweather looks fucking legit. Like yes. this guy got three pitches ready right now. He could slide into the bullpen and replace Anthony K if K goes into the rotation or if Baraki goes into the rotation. I know that's least likely or Thomas Hatch goes into the rotation. 
You don't miss a beat with Julian Merriweather right now. And Josh Donaldson played for Cleveland for a month in September yeah. and, and like five, six playoff games, barely. And he's gone. And now he's on his second team since then. He went to the Braves and now he's on the Twins and he's on the injured list again. Surprise, surprise, with his cow. So, Jeez. I mean... Remember time, five years? Yeah. Remember extend him for five years? <laughs> yeah, like, other than last year, the extension would look pretty bad at this point. Uh, who knows how it would have played out. Right? the goggles and tell me what you really think about yes. it. Yes! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> for sure. So, so hey, they've all worked out. It's, uh, the only things that haven't worked out, we'll go back and do this on a full episode, are those late-in-the-season signings like a Jaime Garcia or others. But trade uh, worked out very well for this front office. I don't know if you wanted to add that, something. Can I mention just the fact that Teoscar Hernandez looks like the second coming of Jose Bautista all of a sudden? Yes. <laughs> yes. Just train this up, guys. We got Jose Bautista. By the way, I can see you. <laughs> <laughs> we have a fourth person. Yeah. So, anyway, Jose Bautista comes over from the Pirates. And while that happens, something clicks. We even yeah, saw it yeah. in that last little sliver of that season next season 50 home runs without even trying right so that happened last year with Tay oscar hernandez where we thought it was just a late season hot streak was it yeah, really yeah. a late season hot streak now when he's yeah. now done the same thing for this whole thing and we're we're seeing the fruits of it right and maybe it's just hard work pays off at this point he's been legit and and it's great to see it's great to see these trades pan out. It's great to see that the uh, the front office their homework is actually panning out and becoming something that the Blue Jays can can utilize and build depth off of. And that's the key, right? And I I'm just I don't know I I have all the faith in the world when it comes to this. It, even the Vogelbach trade when I I know I said tweeted it out tongue in cheek how Ross Atkins was like we really want to build on our on our starting rotation. But we're also going to trade for this guy who's exclusively <laughs> built like a DH, right? You know? Yeah, I, I know it's probably for depth. I know there are moves down the line that will influence this. As we already mentioned, Travis Shaw with uh, Rowdy Telez on a hot streak. It may be a sell high. I don't know, man. Maybe Groshans is showing something in camp that we aren't even aware of. Maybe. I'm just grassman and shrubs. We don't know. Maybe he could be the third baseman. Probably not. But oh, you just never know. Crazy. Yeah, you just never know. Um, but look, w- with that being said, we should talk about possible trade scenarios. Uh, let's put on our, our GM hats and, and just play the game right now. So the trade deadline is Monday, uh, August 31st. I think it's 4 p.m. is the trade deadline, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Um, we should examine the market and fill various areas of needs that we have. Um, I don't know. If this means a postseason push, if this means a legitimate push to the postseason, the obvious area of needs that I'm looking at are starting pitching and, as uh, Ross Atkins indicated, run prevention. You can take that as any way you want. Um, so, Craig, let's start with you. Do you have any uh, trade scenarios, possibilities that you have come up with that you think would make this squad better and that you think or maybe not think that the front office would actually do? So my biggest thing is I heard that Trevor Bauer is all of a sudden not available. I know. Fuck literally that. Literally ready to go and <laughs> toss. <laughs> but hopes oh, and wait, dreams. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got it wrong. I got to toss. <laughs> yeah, you gotta go that way. <laughs> so I was all over that idea because I, I, as much as I love Hyunjin Ryu, guys, and I have been only getting more and more 
enamored with him now that he's a Blue Jay. I liked him when he was even a Dodger, so hearing him, seeing him come here has only been better. Mm. The fact that we could have somebody like that up at the top of our our starting rotation as well, along with now Taiwan Walker, who we are probably hoping to get a good audition from and try to resign coming the end of the season. Yeah, you get that going, then you add Nate Pearson and company. Lights out. <coughs> so, Bless you. Bless you. Uh, thank you. Came out of nowhere. Must have been the Devil's Cup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you get him in that, or somebody at this point. You, if they're gonna literally just let us throw prospects at us, and you don't, or at something, and you know it's not gonna be the Jordan Groshans and whatnot that are sitting around in Rochester right now. Mm. I don't see how you uh, can go wrong with any of this. Like I said, I dumped, I dumped ten players to be named later on somebody to get Trevor Bauer. Yes, but. Or yeah. Nolan Arenado, because my biggest problem with this lineup right now is we have a glaring hole, whatever the fuck is going on at third base. Shaw hasn't been able to stay completely healthy, even though he has looked good when he's played. And you're not going to put Vladdy, Vogelbach, Rowdy, <laughs> anybody over there, I think, and really get those reps until maybe Boba Shett gets hopefully healthy and you can play Santiago Espinal over there. But that's still only this much of an upgrade, right? Right. You could go out and maybe get a third, a real third baseman, and you throw in Travis Shaw and get somebody to solidify that place for us. Because right now, until that becomes Jordan Grosjean's position or whoever, there's not really anybody holding down the fort for me over at third base. So your yeah. your main uh, objective is to grab an infielder in the I trade market. At this point, after grabbing Taiwan Walker. They haven't really stated the fact that we're screwed with Shoemaker or, uh, or Pearson or anything yet. So are you pushing mm-hmm. the panic button right now to just throw a bunch of prospects away for another Pirates guy right, they've been right. talking about? I don't I don't see it. I'd rather almost ride it out with see what you get out of Taiwan Walker, and that's your big move in your starting rotation. And with how good Barucky, K and Hatch have been, Right, I'm rolling right. a dice with one of them and just seeing what I get. I almost feel like the way they've been pitching, they're just as good as anybody we're going to randomly get on a f- trade market right now. What you got, Brennan? Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I do think third base is probably the biggest hole this team has right now. Um, there's been a lot of inconsistency over there. As we've seen from Drury when he's played, Travis Shaw has been very streaky. Uh, he's had a lot of a few hot streaks more cold streaks, but yeah, I, I still think, honestly, if it were me, I still going after one of those pirate starts that were, uh, that were rumored and Trevor Williams or Chad cool, uh, who were there and you have the relationship already with, with Ben Sherrington, right? So Sherrington knows this system like none other that kind of frightens me at the fact that who could be on his asking list is somebody that we may regret trading in a few like, years. Like, except the other day. Yeah, exactly. Like claiming Anthony Alford. Uh, but uh, yeah, I could see Williams are cool, to be honest, because I'm not sure how much this team can rely on Nate Pearson, even when he gets back. Like, I know that maybe his arm problems were something. Well, look, there's going to be growing pains with this kid. And if Shoemaker still comes back, Shoemaker, as we said at the beginning of the year, even under normal circumstances, before we didn't know that this whole pandemic would take off, there's probably a good chance he's going to get injured. And lo and behold, Shoemaker's injured, even in a 60-game season. So I still think you need a little bit more stability because I'm not liking, again, I know we harped on Tanner Roark a lot last week. I haven't liked what I've seen from Roark at all. Um, 
So you can't really count on him in a three game series right now. Who are your starters? Like when you're going into the athletics, if you're playing Oakland right now, you got Ryu and Walker and behind him, you have two other healthy guys. Are you choosing Chase Anderson who has not gone more than five innings? I think actually, sorry, he went into the six in his last start. Anderson's looking okay. Or Roark, uh, who hasn't been very good. So I think adding a third arm that could be reliable. If it's me, I'm, I'm taking Trevor Williams and, and whatever it takes. Plus, Williams does protect them going into next year because he's under control until 2023. If Walker goes, that's like, hey, thanks for the month that we had you for. If you pitched well, thank you. Uh, and at least we have Trevor Williams for the next few years and can be better than Roark or Anderson. Cool has a chance to be pretty good, too. Yeah. Cool is cool very, is pretty good. Very interconsistent. Has the stuff, though. Yeah, he does. Um. So when I think of run prevention and when I think of the the glaring areas of need that the Blue Jays have, obviously starting pitching being at the top of my list, but we've sort of addressed it. I don't necessarily think they're done. I do believe them, or rather, I do believe Atkins when he says that there's still uh, a need to pursue starting pitching. Um, I'm also looking at the infield, and I think it's fine. I don't necessarily have a problem with it because, as you mentioned, Craig, with Espinal's ability to play third base, I think that's a good supplement for now, and that can—I don't want to say get you by, but it's—it's it's adequate, right? That's you don't—that's Emmanuel Lee playing shortstop for you in the '92 World Series. Yeah, it's honestly the best comparison I can think of. He got you there, period. Yeah, yeah, basically, it's—it's it's a diet Ben Zobris, right? A young Ben Zobris. <laughs> Obviously, he's not as <laughs> as uh, talented around the around the diamond. Obviously, Zobris could during 2015 could have played any position. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, literally. But um, I'm looking at catcher and I don't want to say anything bad about McGuire. I don't want to say anything bad about Jansen, but I just looking at Jansen this year, he has, he's had his flashes, but it's not anything super exciting. Right. I, I think that there is a need for this team to have a more, I don't know, robust, adequate catcher that has a feel for the game and Jansen's still young and I'm not saying he can't get there, but the lack of anything, I don't know, with veteran experience kind of I don't know, it makes me want more. So this is going to come out of left field a little bit and I don't necessarily think they do it, but stranger things have happened. I kind of want to see what the cost would be for Christian Vasquez. I knew you were going there. I had Ooh. this. <laughs> That'd be I just, interesting. I want to know because the Red Sox, are, they're not getting there. Let's be honest, yeah. and that and that just fills my heart with joy. But they're not <laughs> getting there. But Christian Vasquez is still relatively young. He's a decent, if not a pretty good catcher. I think he can supplement well. And I think uh, the obvious candidate to to not play much anymore would be Reese. I'd rather have Jansen get the experience and get the reps. But I'd rather have Christian Vasquez call the game because I do think defensively, at least, like throwing guys out, he's much better than Danny Jansen. I agree with you on the throwing out part, but I still wonder how much of what Reese and Jansen have been dealing with is the fact that there is a bunch of starting pitchers in our bullpen that don't get the ball to home plate quite as quick as everybody else. You know, late in the in, late in the games, I know Hatch has been kind of all of a sudden it looks like he's accelerating his, you know, move to the plate, but everybody else is almost just treating it like it's a regular start, and they're getting that nice little casual, hey, how you doing, and yeah. <laughs> winging it in. So. I don't know how much getting a Vasquez is going to really help you. But then the other catch is Vasquez actually does usually bat 220, 240. I think he's got a few more home runs than everybody else. I think collectively he has the same amount of home runs that McGuire and Jansen have right now. Mm. 
Plus, that's a guy that I think would really rake in Buffalo. So there is that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, and I, I just I think having that sort of stability in your lineup, and I don't necessarily think it'd be that expensive either, because this is a brand new Red Sox front office, right? And they have been shown to be willing to deal players that have been on the team for quite a while that built that previous foundation that happens with every single front office that comes in. They sort of blow it up. Um, I don't know how much of he's involved in the Red Sox future right now, or at least their future plans, but that's something I would at least dabble in. Um, I think uh, it was, yeah, I think it was today that Jeff Blair also mentioned going back to the starting pitching part. uh, Was it Carrasco? I think he mentioned Um, Carlos Carrasco. Um, he's got quite a bit of control. I know Cleveland is still in it and it would cost you a lot, but if you want to go for it, this is how you go for it. Yeah. Push the gas. Down. Yeah. This metal, man. <laughs> I don't know how willing they'd be because starting pitching comes at a premium. Of course they suggested or flirted with a three team trade. Um, I, I think that if you're going to signify all in, that's a David Price level move. And I'd be willing to give up a highly rated prospect for him. Um, I don't necessarily have names, so if you guys want to throw them out, maybe I'd consider it off the top of my dome. But he's going to be a free agent in 2024. So you have control for as long as Ryu or a little bit longer will be on this team. That's a re- Plus, when Nate Pearson gets healthy, you have that already. That's pretty good. I think if you're going to just throw out prospects and go for Cleveland's pitchers, just throw everything at Shane Bieber. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, or, or you know, they're down on Zach Plesak, and he was looking pretty damn good, and we've already had a Plesak in Toronto. So There you go. Work out yeah. well, and maybe the price won't be so high. And uh, I, I honestly, with the Cleveland connection, it wouldn't shock me that those conversations are taking place just because they know that farm system. And I know it's been a few years, but still a lot of those guys that are there in Cleveland – they had something to do with. There's only so many drafts been done since then. It's true. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. And, and you know, I just want to touch on the Red Sox again. Um, I absolutely still think that there's going to be some trades of veterans off the Red Sox roster. The only untouchables in my mind on the Red Sox are three guys right now. Uh, Devers, Bogarts, and Verdugo, just because they got him for David Price and Mookie Betts. Uh, beyond that, if you want to get really crazy, J.D. Martinez, anybody? I yeah. know that. Heavy, heavy contract, but I can see J.D. Martinez being moved or Andrew Benintendi because I think they're growing very frustrated with Benintendi and Benintendi still has control. I know he's been absolute crap this year, but I mean I know the outfield that we thought was going to be a point that needed addressing is looking damn good right now for the Blue Jays with Gritchick, the new Randall Gritchick and mm-hmm. T. Oscar and Lourdes Gurriel, but I mean, hell, I'll add Andrew Benintendi as the fourth outfielder and rotate in there from time to time. So I do think the Red Sox could be pillaged. And if you're not, the only other area I would add is the bullpen. You can never have enough bullpen right. help when you're in the playoffs. And I know our bullpen is staffed. Who knows what the rosters will be come, bull- come playoff time. But you look at the Royals, and Ian Kennedy would be a nice arm to add at the back end of the bullpen. He's got starter stuff because he was a damn good starter for a little while. And he's a pretty damn good reliever, too. So I could be looking at the Royals for Kennedy as well. He was on Anthopolis' list. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He was on Anthopolis' list. Trevor, speaking of the Royals, Trevor Rosenthal has been one of the freaking most talked about guys in Major League Baseball trades so far. So maybe everybody's overlooking Ian Kennedy. Mm. 
<laughs> Maybe. Maybe. But you, I think, Brendan, you are right. If we don't get an arm for the starting rotation, that is a nice way to solidify the actual rotation by freeing up a spot for K or whoever to come out of the bullpen and go into the rotation and I'd still have that same level of talent in there. That's the same thing as adding LaTroy Hawkins. Mm. For sure. sure. Um, to add a little uh, live update, the Orioles just tied this game at two uh, based on a throwing error to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at first. Um, Going back to uh, the Red Sox, you know, you, you talked about their outfield. Dude, JBJ is a free agent yeah. next year. He could be a rental piece. And being a rental piece, you might not have to pay that much. Right? If you just And I know like he didn't necessarily pan out as well as the Red Sox touted him to be. And the Red Sox are notorious for over-touting their prospects and making them think, making people think that they're amazing. Um, but there, there are options out there. And if you don't even want to go to the trade outlet... The Milwaukee Brewers just released Brock Holt, right? And it was yeah. rumored that we were in in conversations with him in the in the beginning of the season. If it's not going to cost you a lot, why not? It costs you nothing but cash right now. Right now, I'm wondering why the hell they're not just ditching Joe Panic and grabbing hundred pence. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to get a guy yeah. that's bad exactly the same, but he plays the outfield. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> veteran too. Exactly. You know? Not to mention he's a. Fun clubhouse presence, too, from what every team ever in baseball has said. Yeah. <laughs> so that might be just enough to lighten up the mood for a stressful play, playoff run. Yeah, yeah I'm what... down with Brock Holt, for sure. Right. Especially sweet. if it means Panic is gone. Like, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sick of Joe Panic, to be honest. Like, I like him. He seems like a good dude. And he's had his moment of fame uh, in the playoffs before with the Giants. Uh, but, yeah, I think Joe Panic's leash is pretty much gone, just like Brandon Jury's is now gone. He's riding those two two World Series rings a little too much at this point, I think. It oh, really is. <laughs> a little bit. But he's got them. So, you know, there good is on that. him. Um, is Are there any scenarios that you guys, other other ones that you had laid out, or is that is that it? Why don't we have Noir in there or Nato yet? That, hey. <laughs> I mean, the Rockies are in playoff conversation, right? They're they're in the mix of it. So maybe next year. <laughs> like, yeah, yes. I, I, I can't think of anybody, guys. I mean, I know... Just in terms of looking at the teams that are out of it, we've already kind of pillaged Seattle and who some of their trade trips are. Baltimore's still in it. Like, yeah, they're, they're not doing right it. behind yeah. us. They're not going to sell to us. Uh, the only other team I can think of is Texas, um, maybe with one of their starters. Like, I know Lance Lynn has been pretty damn good if they're going to go for a starter. But Lance Lynn also terrifies me a little bit, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I can't think of anybody else uh, unless it's the Angels. That's the other team that's been rumored to be selling, whether it's Dylan Bundy or adding Angleton Simmons uh, at short uh, as a guy. And I think Angleton's a free agent soon, or maybe has some control, regardless. Angels seem like a good team to uh, to be calling up. I know Jock Pearson's been playing like shit, but why has nobody talked about that yet? The yeah. The 9,000 outfielders, it seems like. <laughs> yeah. I'm for it. I'm for anything that's going to make this team better especially for a playoff push and you know what it's exciting right and it's crazy the times we're living in because we're looking at you know seattle detroit like we consider detroit to be out of it but they're only two games behind toronto right if if, 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 right kansas city is what what is this four games behind toronto look if this was a regular season right at the trade deadline you're four games behind you're making pushes right Take you're, me there. You're, you're trying to go for it, but it seems like because of the COVID situation, obviously it creates a different dynamic. 
this is a fun time, and you're going to be getting into bidding wars with other teams because you can bet your ass if Baltimore sort of treads water. I don't know how, but if they tread water, maybe they'll be inclined to sell. I don't know what they're going to, I mean, to buy. I don't know what they're going to trade in return. They really don't have much of a robust system as we do. So we could outbid pretty much anybody right, with the farm system that we had that's going to make a push, right? But as you mentioned, Brendan, looking at the lower tier teams, there's not much there. Right. So you you got to be creative. I, I'm anticipating a three team trade. I think that is your best bet to get something impactful to really make yeah. a push to get a, especially a high profile arm. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it, it, it's finally encouraging. And this is why we got to retry uh, the Shapiro and Atkins regime is because Atkins saying the other day is the wealth of prospects that they built up allows them to be in on every player in trade talk. Anybody who's out there. So let's say Taiwan Walker is their big addition for the deadline. Maybe they add a lower impact bullpen arm just to solidify it a little bit. But if it's not this deadline, just because who knows how the deadline will shake out with it being such a weird year. I guarantee you that this off season, there will be a move that is the final piece to the puzzle that will make this team go in 2021, assuming that there will be a normal 162-game season. They're ready to push the chips in. That's the, that's the vibe I got from Ross Atkins when he was saying that the other day. Yeah, 100%. There's no other way of saying it. I don't think you hit the nail right on the head perfectly there, Brendan, because that could be the difference between getting somebody crazy and, like, you know, I'm not saying you're going to get Mike Trout next year at the trade deadline or something, but <laughs> you do have that plethora of wealth that you could just be like, yo, Angels, what the shit? You know, here you yeah. go. Let's take it all. Oh, I'm all in. You know, like our stack of chips at the table right now is this big. You're talking next year. It's like <laughs> inside of my head. Run it all. Run, just run the table and take it all. You know, it, stranger things have happened, right? If, if they pull a big deal for an impactful player, change the dynamic of this team. Right. And you can you can get creative, right? Shoemaker is having bad luck with injuries. But if he wants to come back on a one year deal for the cheap just to be at the back end of the rotation, sign me up. If it's like a two, five million dollar deal, fine. Whatever. If it's just for a year, fine. Fine. I have no problem with that. He's our fourth or fifth starter at that point. Whatever. That's fine. And we we add to the to the rotation to bolster it. I think that'd be great. And with our offense clicking right now, it's the perfect time. So I, I, it's for the first time in a long time, I'm excited to actually see what we get for a postseason run at the trade deadline rather than seeing what we're going to give away for a future postseason yeah, run. Yeah. It's actually really cool. Um, so let, let's let's lead into our last topic. Look, the Jays are one and a half games ahead of the Orioles. They're playing them right now. They're knotted at two as of this recording right now. As I've said, it's so awesome to talk about this. And if the Jays can hold on just a little longer, just a little longer with this stretch, we could really, really, really have our hopes up for some postseason baseball for the first time since 2016, which is incredible. Um, We were hoping last week, or this past weekend rather, that the Jays would split the series against Tampa Bay. It's what they did. We got our wish. They split it. Um, They essentially split with the Red Sox. You know, given the boycotting and whatnot, they went one for one. I'm cool with it. Um, it's encouraging with the run production that they're giving. The bullpen seems to be coming to life with the current four games against Baltimore, then two in Miami, which, uh, Florida, uh, four, <laughs> actually five in Boston, technically, because there's a double header. These games are ripe for the taking. Of course, we know the Yankees will be knocking on the door come September, but Aaron judge is injured again. 
and they seem to be falling apart a little bit. Anything can happen, but this is the time to capitalize. Brendan, do you think it's actually going to happen? I do. Like, I mean, I, I, I'll touch on what I think the series should go go as for the next little while, but just look at the teams behind you. You got Baltimore, who you can start to bury right now by playing them and taking three out of four. You can put two games more at distance between you and the Orioles. You're not playing the Tigers. I don't like the Tigers rotation is a little bit in the shambles. I know they got like guys like Spencer Turnbull. They call Casey Mize, their top prospect. But when you look at the Tigers, the Mariners, the Royals, and even the teams at the bottom, like at Texas, Boston, and the Angels, who we figured to be competing with for one of those last two spots, I don't trust any of them to go on the kind of run that will be necessary to overtake the Blue Jays. Because you have right now over the Red Sox and the Angels, six, six and a half, the Royals and the Rangers, you have four and four and a half. And same with the Mariners. The Tigers and the Orioles are the only teams that are close. And we know in a 162-game season, both of those teams will be flirting with 100 losses. They're not good. The Blue Jays are the best team out of those last few. And if you take three out of four against Baltimore this weekend, a split I'll be pretty upset about. you got to take three out of four. Take both with the Marlins. And if you can, in a five-game series, playing five games at once at Fenway, if you take three out of five from the Red Sox, and let's say you open up a three, four, maybe if you get absolutely lucky, a five-game lead on the Orioles and the Tigers after this, that's enough of a cushion with 10 games against the Yankees coming up in September for me to feel confident, even if they only won three out of 10 against Mm. the Yankees or two out of 10. I know that's a lot to drop, but you have that cushion that you can build up right now. And you still do have the Mets, the Phillies, and the Orioles again before the season's over. I'm just fucking thrilled we're done with the race. <laughs> I cannot say that enough. That team pisses me off and has pissed me off forever. So that's all I'll say. They're, they're looking pretty damn good is all I'll say with the Blue Jays right now. They are. They were talking about earlier in the broadcast that since the Blue Jays finally have a 2020 season home, they have been one of the best run-producing teams in baseball, averaging six, seven runs a game. Yeah. It's a slight crazy wake-up when you talk about where we were before, guys. Yeah. And we couldn't even hit the ball out of the damn infield, it seems like. And we were losing all those games, and we were you know, finding ways to lose them. It's what it seems like, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but this, we're past that piece. The only time we're ever going to run the Rays is if we somehow run into them in the actual playoffs and the seeding. Oh, out. thank you. Yeah. And I'm only hoping to any any guy. I don't even care which one wants to do it. I'm thinking like Ricky Bobby right now. I'm like, praise Allah, dude. <laughs> and Tom Cruise, help me out here. <laughs> so that somebody knocks the Rays out of the playoffs before we have to play them. And I don't see that being terribly hard at the moment for some other team other than us to do that. Because they're pitching, unless they come back with something at this trade deadline, the Rays are really hurting without what they lost uh, Glasnow the other day, too. Was that what it was? So now they really are going to be scraping innings together. And we saw it even over the weekend here. In a couple more games, we probably should have been in a little bit better. (laughs) Yeah. And I honestly do not see the Yankees having as much good luck when they're hoping to get a resurgence out of Gary Sanchez who has been severely underperforming this year. Glaber Torres looks like Joe Panic right now, For let's be honest, because he's <laughs> pissing me off my fantasy baseball team ridiculously. I'm like, all right, I cut him. <laughs> <laughs> and 
everybody else. It just it seems like a flat lineup without punch, without Stanton and Judge anchoring that uh, batting lineup. And it just shocks me that the Yankees haven't gotten smart and just I don't care. Just put Judge at DH and let him ride out the rest of the season because yeah, yeah. they need yeah, his bat yeah. in that damn lineup. I know he's actually pretty good defensively and a very salvageable right fielder, but you've got to find a way to keep him in the lineup. And I, you're not going to ride Clint Frazier to the promised land right now. I'm sorry not happening for the Yankees right now. So unless something changes for them, which I would assume it will because it's the Yankees. So right now, things are breaking in the Blue Jays' direction. And yeah, yeah. I think they have a chance to really run away with it. And it wouldn't shock me if they somehow find a way to split that series against the Yankees and do 5-5. Five and five. It really does not. That'd be awesome. I really think it's going to continue, continue with bad luck on the Yankees' part and continue good luck hopefully on the Blue Jays' part to get to that situation. But that would that is going to be a playoff, basically, field series, guys. There is no way oh, of saying it otherwise. Unless the Yankees have clinched by then or something like that crazy, which I don't think it's going to happen on any level for a lot of these teams clinching. I think everybody's going to be fighting for spots right until the end of it. And yeah, see, you, you know what you say with the Yankees there is the Blue Jays have played the Yankees extremely well the last few years. And I think the team that we play the most often in our division – where their fans on Twitter are just the most observant with how the Blue Jays are an up-and-coming team. It's Yankees fans. The Yankees fans have said many times that they are, yes, that they are, uh, <laughs> they, they know the Blue Jays are going to be a problem uh, because we played them well, even when our team was crap in 2017 and 2018 and last year too. So, hey, five and five, like I'd be fine with three out of 10, maybe four would be awesome. But if they get, if, it's like the Rays. You split a series with the Rays, you're ecstatic. If you split, Five out of five, or five out of ten with the Yankees. You're thrilled. Oh, you're thrilled. Yeah. Very, very forward to Loris Gurriel Jr. just mashing Yankees pitching again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so you look at uh, the, the state of the standings right now. Our biggest competition is Boston. I mean, not Boston, Baltimore. Um, we are in agreement that even though numerically they're only a half a game behind Baltimore, we don't see Detroit making a push, right? We don't. We don't see them making too much noise, right? We can agree. No, I don't think so. The Tigers, Tigers are still building and I think they're treating it that way with the call up of Mize and, and Scubar. What is their mm-hmm. other pro- last name? Whatever his name is. Um, they're treating it like, Hey, we can develop, but if we can luck into a playoff spot, that's the, all the better. So, okay. I, I'm- all right. Same thing with Seattle. They're obviously sellers right now. They're not going to get there. So, barring any moves, our our biggest competition for a playoff spot is Baltimore. Take a look at the Baltimore Orioles schedule. It's a little bit as daunting as ours, right? So, we they got us for the next three, uh, not including tonight. Then they got the Mets for two. Then they got the Yankees for two. Then the Mets again. Then the Yankees again. Then the Braves. Then the Rays. Then the Rays again. And then the Red Sox. And then the Blue Jays again, right? And they still have to make That's up hard. that game... Yeah, they still got to make up that Rays game from last night, right? So I'd much rather have a doubleheader against the Red Sox than the Rays right now. So you know what I'm saying? So that could be two losses right in a day for the Orioles. So their schedule is pretty much mirrored to ours in terms of difficulty. But I do give the Blue Jays an advantage because I don't know. They've been performing well. It seems to be clicking. And I just can't see the Orioles maintaining this sense of, I don't know, push or whatever you want to call it. Towards a postseason run. Yeah. It's <laughs> thrilling, man. It really is thrilling. And you know what? Even if right now, if Tampa Bay makes a surge and they're the one and we play Tampa in the first round for three games, 
I'm confident, and I know it's it's maybe weird for me to say because it's going to be in the trop or whatever. But all we got to do is win two. We got to win two games, and we can do that. I really believe we can do that, especially if Ryu is right. He'll obviously be pitching game one. If Pearson is back, right, and and he's outperforming Walker at that point, I'm throwing him in there. I'm just throw heat, man. Just throw sure. heat. And let's go. Like, this could be your last game. Throw heat. Let's go. And it, it's everything's on the line at that point. And I know we had this question before is what's more important, uh, Pearson's arm or elbow, rather, or postseason run. And I was like, I don't know what the answer is. Right now I'm saying postseason because I'm just so goddamn excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. Right? And this has been so long since we've had this, right? It's been so long since we've had this sense of excitement that we can actually push towards something. And it's fun. And and Craig, I love the optimism about five games against the Yankees. That that'd be amazing. That'd be that'd be great. And if that actually does happen in September, Blue Jays might even take the seventh. I'm not even kidding. They might surpass the Houston Astros. Only a game behind, right? So it's not inconceivable that they can even go further than the eighth seed. We're banking on the eighth seed. We're hoping for the eighth seed, right? But it could be the seventh. It's not outlandish to think that. And the Yankees are only in the sixth seed. Right, and everyone's been talking about their troubles. Everybody's been talking about how they have been underperformed since underperforming since the you know predictions in the preseason. I don't know, man. This is an exciting time, and if the Blue Jays are going to go all in on a move and make a postseason run, it's right now because of the Toronto Raptors. Before the thinking was, if you have a five percent chance of making the playoffs, you do everything you can to get in. Right. Blue Jays are the same way. They have at least a five percent chance of getting into the playoffs. You make the moves to get in the dance, and once you're in the dance. Anything can happen. Love it. Sign okay. All the chips. Done. Let's get it. All right. All right. So uh, let's uh, let's wrap this up with the picks to click. Uh, just for a recap, last week, Craig, you had my boy Kevin on there. I had Vladdy. Brennan, you had Shaw. Um, I mean, they weren't bad. <laughs> they were. They were pretty good. Uh, so let, let's 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 give a new weekly picks to click. Let's go Craig, Brennan, and then myself. What do you got? I'm going to ride Lourdes. Okay. Really, I, I don't know what it is. He's just mashing the ball at the plate right now. And I think the luck, the bad luck streak is finally over with. All right. Uh, I uh, dabble in the offensive side of things, and uh, I failed miserably, I'd say. If I had to rank it, Child might be in last compared oh. to you guys' pick last week. So I'm going back to the single. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I'm going back to the pitching side of things, and you know, just depending on when we record next, we might get uh, two Taiwan Walker starts uh, between now and when we record. So I'm going with the new guy. I really am. I'm, I'm excited oh, to see nice. Taiwan Walker. Uh, I know I probably, unless I'm out somewhere at a bar watching the game and I can see the TV, I might not be able to watch his first start as a Blue Jay. Uh, but I'm going Tywin Walker. Uh, I do think he will come in and just pick up where he left off with the Mariners, uh, which was pretty damn good. As I said, uh, two out of three of his last starts were in to the seventh inning, and only three earned runs in three starts. So Tywin Walker signed me up. He it will be pitching. As my understanding, he's starting tomorrow, being Saturday, against the yep. Orioles. So that's uh, it's a timely pick. Way to be, uh, Brennan. I'm going to go Rowdy because Rowdy's been hot. And if we're going to do a trade <laughs> chip, keep that fire going, dude. And maybe you can give us a fucking phenomenal return. I, that'd be great. Uh, so I'm going to go Locked Rowdy. 
There you go. Locked him in. Um, so just for the record, Adam, I gave you the week because uh, last week we had, like you said, Kevin Biggio didn't do a ton. Travis Shaw didn't do anything for Brendan. And Vladdy, I guess, had the best week. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. He's coming around. Let's correct me around. It, it, it's about time that some of those balls are actually getting elevated, you know, more than two degrees off the ground. Yeah. yeah. Yes. They're going it's coming around. really hard right at people, and it's scary for some of those third basemen and shortstops guys yes. inside the diamond right now. So right now, just for the scoreboard accurate, I have zero. <laughs> and you guys each have a win each, and we gave a guest spot win for Anthony K for uh, Bobby. There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Only fair. Only fair. Banking on his brother, he did pretty damn well. Just so. Yeah, of course. Good pick. <laughs> good pick. Even if he wasn't his brother, it's a good pick. All right. Um. <laughs> Well, that's it for Blue Jays talk, but I do want to give it to you, Craig. We You mentioned on Twitter that there's a contest that we're running. Um, I'll let you spill the beans on the details so people can listen in and maybe they want to submit uh, the uh, appropriate material for the contest. So go ahead, take it away. So the lovely details uh, for everybody listening. We are doing a new logo contest, and this new logo, whichever one we deem necessary out of everything that floods our Twitter inbox, and we're just going to do, you know, just include us on the tweet with the picture. Call it a day at BirdWatchingGC for anybody that does not have that already on Twitter. And we're just going to see what happens. The winner will get a credit in all of our social media and podcasting outfits. So you'll get your Twitter handle or your actual full name, whichever you want, put in on the podcast distribution stuff. And you'll get a chance to come on the show and goof around with us. And if it sweetens the pot a little bit, I have a Lego Blue Jay hat kind of like thing that i'll send out to the winner oh <laughs> all right it's been open but every piece is there i promise <laughs> <laughs> i had nowhere to put it all right i couldn't i couldn't move the uh the bill's helmet of course <laughs> no that has to stay football's in two weeks man that has right. to stay. <laughs> i'm running out of shelf space i need to make more shelves <laughs> But yeah, uh, I think this is a great opportunity for uh, fans to get involved and to express their their love for not just the Blue Jays, but if you love this podcast, you can participate. It'd be it'd be an honor to have your artwork uh, be our main podcast logo. Craig, you came up with this idea. All credit goes to you. Um, I think it's a great one, and any way that we can incorporate our fans uh, and fans of the Blue Jays would be. Uh, absolutely welcome and i and i hope that you know we get some uh some awesome submissions i'm sure we will uh but get creative guys it's cool with us whatever you want to do but my only thing i would suggest is don't use any official logos don't use the official blue jay logo we will get flagged and we won't be able to use that on uh, any <laughs> podcatchers they just won't accept it because yeah. well it's copywritten so uh other that fun loving thing that you know if you share our cheeky shenanigans of our barroom type chat here you'll probably have some extra points <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> yes. true Yes. So Jay's, Jay's Nation, you're officially on task. We would love to see it. And we'll share the logos as they come in on the next few weeks. We're not really putting a deadline on this whole thing. So let's just keep them coming. And why don't we... Uh, why don't, why do don't I we need get... to show my horrible one first? Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I loved that. I think the drawing was was creative. But why don't we... Uh, I'm just throwing out a suggestion. You can say no. Why don't we give it to the end of the season? I think that's a wonderful statement. Now that could include I, the playoffs if we keep going, right? Nah, end of the regular season. Yeah, in time for the playoffs. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We'll debut the new logo for the Blue Jays playoff spot. Perfect. I love it. Do it. All right. So just two seconds because I'm going to be this guy as I pull up the old one here. Once oh, I you're going to put it on the screen. 
Yeah, because I got to share it just because it's going to be fun. <laughs> so, Twitter world, if you have not seen it, I retweeted it out the other day. I'm just going to drag it out onto the screen here so everybody can see it on Twitter. This was the original Jaybird watching logo, and it was because this was actually incepted as a game cast. We were not going to do weekly podcasts. We were going to pick a couple games every month and actually do a replace Buck and Pat tabler. Kind of thing. <laughs> so that was the whole principle where this originally spun off for if you did not have the story. And there you go. You saw my horrible doodlings and my terrible monster Blue Jay font. I think you can do better. Let's see what y'all got. Okay. All right. Uh, let's let's make it happen. You guys got to the end of the regular season to uh, bring it to us. We'd love to see it. We hope that you guys uh, have fun doing it. That's the whole point. So, uh, yeah. That being said, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure as always. I am fucking amped. For, it's so awesome to be able to watch Blue Jays baseball. What that time matters, is it? Man. Yeah, it's so great, man. Like, yeah, you know, like it, again, I know I mentioned the Raptors a bunch on here, but they're in the playoffs. You have the Blue Jays fighting for a playoff spot. The Bills, as we already saw, the helmet season starting. Man, what a time. What a time. Like, you can take the positives out of one giant negative known as COVID. Man, what a time to be alive. So. Uh, that being said, thank you guys for tuning in. If you're tuning in on the Twitter broadcast, if you're listening on the podcast stream, we appreciate it. If you haven't subscribed yet and you liked what you hear, please subscribe to the show. Leave us a five-star review if you can on Apple Podcasts. And if not, subscription. Tell your friends about it. Tell your fellow Blue Jays fans about it. They're looking for Blue Jays content. We love interacting with people on the regular. And guys, thank you again. We're going to finish this like we always do with the Let's Go Blue Jays. Let's go Blue Jays! Let's go Blue Jays! This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.